Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Friday, November 15th, 2019. That's right. It's Football Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm your host here. We do these episodes every Monday through Friday to get your Penn State podcasting fixed on any time every day we're here for you and the best way to make sure you don't miss a single episode is to subscribe in your favorite podcasting platform whether it's itunes google play spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts make sure you're subscribing to us and then if you want to give us a little bit of a help you can leave us a rating and a review on those various podcasting platforms not only do we appreciate the feedback but it does help spread the word about the podcast on those various podcasting directories of course, we also want you to be connected to the show and be a part of the show by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, and you can check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Now, it's Football Friday, so we're going to be a little bit more casual and laid back with today's episode. We're going to get into the whole state of the streaming services that are out there in our first segment, and I'm going to throw out an idea and see if you're intrigued by it. And then in our second segment, we will talk about the Penn State-Indiana game, get you ready for some final things to look at for this weekend's game, as well as my official prediction for the game. And then, of course, in our third and final segment of the day and our final segment of the week, we'll actually answer some mailbag questions that I got talking about some Penn State and the Big Ten moving forward. So some fun stuff to get into. So hopefully you enjoy. So without any further delay, let's get into today's episode. The world of entertainment and media has been shifting more towards streaming services and away from the traditional cable and satellite providers that has been pretty much the standard for decades now. And I I know the numbers suggest that more and more people are going away from cable in preference for the streaming services, but make no mistake, the cable companies are still doing just fine. (laughs) They're not in any serious danger. Although the entire idea of cutting the cord is something that conferences and in college athletics, like the Big Ten, are absolutely aware of, and it's something that needs to be considered the next time those media negotiations do come around. But we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to have some more fun with this, because this week we saw the launch of Disney+, and of course, this is a new streaming service that has so much content on it and so much planned for it. A lot of people seem to be excited for it. I know the, the first day that it went live, my Facebook feed was littered with my friends and family just sharing images of the loading screen or the menu screen for Disney Plus and saying and sharing what the first thing they watch is. I know one of my best friends from college decided to uh, start his Disney Plus experience by watching the DuckTales, or not DuckTales, but Darkwing Duck. Everybody remember Darkwing Duck? I love the Darkwing Duck, and I think uh, Darkwing Duck needs to make a comeback if he hasn't already. I'm a little out of touch with some of that stuff, but I do think that the the Disney Plus phenomenon has certainly continued the evolution of the streaming services, and we know that there are more on the way. I, I know, obviously, NBC is going to have Peacock coming out at some point, I guess, next year. Uh, we already have Hulu. We've got Netflix. You know, there's an HBO one. CBS has their service. Of course, ESPN has something, too. So we all know that. Uh, there's pretty much a streaming service for almost anything that's already out there. But I want to come up with my own streaming service. I'm going to call it Kevin Plus because why not, right? So I threw this out there on Twitter, and I'm kind of curious. I want to throw it your way too. I want to see what you guys have to say. 
but I threw the, the hypothetical scenario out there. You're starting your own streaming service. You get exclusive rights to five TV shows and five movie franchises. And you can define that by any broad term that you choose. And you, I want you to come up with the five shows and the five movies that most define you as a, a media consumer. All right. And I'm going to get the ball rolling. I, I know for, for starters, let's start with the TV shows. I'm going to go with The Simpsons. I'm going to go with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Saved by the Bell, um, 24, and I need one more. I guess I'm going to have to go with Seinfeld. Okay, those are my, my shows right there. And as far as movies go, I'm going to take the Star Wars movies. I'm going to take the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm going to take the Rocky franchise, the Back to the Future franchise, and... I don't know about my fifth one. I'm probably going to go with The Wizarding World of Harry Potter um, because I enjoy those movies too. And I think it would be pretty cool to see all that content in one place. But that's just me. I want to know what you guys have to say too. But here's the idea that I'm throwing out there. Which ones you think I should be checking out? Uh, of course, I, I only have Netflix right now uh, and Hulu. I got Netflix and Hulu, so I'm pretty much covered there. But uh, I'm, I'm very curious about the Disney Plus And let me know what you guys think about those moving forward. But that was all. I just wanted to throw that idea out there. See if there's anybody that's interested in the idea. In the idea, um, you know, if there's any feedback on that, let me know. And, and maybe I'm pioneering a brand new idea that I'm more than willing to work with the Big Ten to make happen. If it means uh, bringing something that you guys would enjoy watching. But yeah, I'm probably just spitballing a little bit too much right now. So let's move on with this episode, shall we? Uh, coming up in our next segment, we will talk some Penn State, Indiana. Get you ready for this weekend's game between the Nittany Lions and the Hoosiers as Penn State looks for a big rebound win against a ranked Indiana team, ranked Indiana team for the first time since 1994. So it's been a long time coming for the Indiana Hoosiers. We'll see what they have to offer against Penn State. I'll give you my final look at the game and my official prediction in the next segment. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. All hope is not yet lost for Penn State as they try to chase some big aspirations for the 2019 season, but they do need to get a rebound this week against Indiana. It's been the theme of all week. Coming after a loss, what do you do next? Do you stay motivated, realizing that there are still a lot of big goals that are still in play here for Penn State? Or is this a season that is quickly going to turn in an ugly fashion with a struggle of a performance against the Hoosiers, maybe even a loss, heading into a big road game next week at Ohio State, a game that could easily get ugly given the talent that Ohio State has. So that's why this is a very important week for Penn State and head coach James Franklin to make sure that this team is ready to go back to that 1-0 mentality that has been their bread and butter for as long as James Franklin has been here. And I think that that is a good recipe to go with. I know it's kind of cliche because everybody goes and adopts a 1-0 mentality. Go, Got to go 1-0 this week. Got to go 1-0 today. Got to go undefeated in whatever season this week currently is. But that is the, the basic message here because Penn State cannot afford to let a hangover from a loss to Minnesota on the road last week really linger into this week and afford you can't afford to get off to another slow start especially defensively and I think that that's one of the bright spots here I think that this Penn State game uh, against Indiana is going to see Penn State kind of get back to what has worked for them I think the defensive line is going to get back to being the kind of animals that they are capable of being it feels like they've been pretty tame the last few weeks though so 
Uh, especially last week against Minnesota. It took them really until the fourth quarter to really have any kind of an impact on the defensive line. I think that has to start right from the start here against Indiana. you got to cause some pressure for Peyton Ramsey. Otherwise, he's going to be able to find those passes. We talked about it earlier this week where Indiana's got a pretty good passing attack. And even though they're, you know, they lost their starting quarterback, Michael Penix, for their season-ending injury, Peyton Ramsey is more than capable of doing some th- big things through the air. Look at his game a couple weeks ago against Nebraska. Yes, Penn State's defense should be better than Nebraska's. They are better than Nebraska's, but they're also coming off their worst performance of the season. And Minnesota really exploited some of the holes that they have in their secondary. It was really leaky last week against Minnesota. So I I do think that Penn State's going to tighten things up a little bit. I just don't know how much they can improve from what we saw last week going into this week against a very competent passing game uh, that Indiana brings to the table. But I do think the defensive line is going to be able to be the unit that sets the tone once again, gets off to a pretty solid start. I think it would be very important if Penn State's defense can get off the field very quickly their first couple times out. Now I'm talking three and out or maybe uh, one first down, but then they get off the field after that. Maybe even a turnover. That would be huge. It was huge last week when Minnesota got a turnover to start the game, and then they ended up scoring a long touchdown very uh, early in the game capitalizing off of a Penn State mistake. And of course, that brings us back to the Penn State offense. Can't make those mistakes. (laughs) Sean Clifford, of course, had three interceptions last week. Two of those balls were kind of toss-ups that maybe were ill-advised, but this was also Minnesota defense that doesn't give up a whole lot of big plays. Indiana's defense is good, but not not quite as locked down as Minnesota could tend to be deep down the field. So I do think that there's going to be some space to work with here. And I think it would be very key for Sean Clifford to get in a rhythm, certainly with his tight end, Pat Freermuth, uh, right at the beginning of the game, get establish that connection. That is the most, the most potent combination that they have to work with in the passing game outside of KJ Hamler, getting into open space and just letting the, the wheels take care of business from there. But the one thing I'm very curious about this week is what does Penn State do with the running game again? We've seen Journey Brown has been the guy for the Nittany Lions ground attack for the last few weeks here for whatever reason it may be. You know, Kane obviously being limited, and they just haven't been really willing to spread the football around with the carries as much as they were earlier on in the year. I think this is a good week to try and maybe go back to, unless they really do feel comfortable with uh, Journey Brown being the guy, and certainly he's capable of doing that. We saw he put up some good yards last week, scored a couple touchdowns, so there's no hesitation to allow Journey Brown to be the main guy there, but I think it would be wise to kind of mix things up because each running back seems to do a couple things differently, and I think you can diversify your offensive attack a little bit more by getting some more guys involved, so I'll be curious to see if that's something that's in the books for this weekend's game against the Indiana Hoosiers. Well, Indiana is having one of their best years in quite some time. Like I said, this is the first time Indiana is ranked since 1994. They're trying to win a bowl game since before Penn State joined the Big Ten. Or actually, maybe it was that 1994 season. But it's been a long time coming for Indiana. But I do come back to one thing. Penn State has the talent advantage pretty much everywhere you look, offense and defense. Um, you know, maybe say there's a, a weak spot in the secondary right now, but overall, Penn State still has the talent advantage, and they're playing at home, and I think that that really comes into play here. I, do, I really do feel that this is a game where Penn State was tested last week, they failed, and now they got to go back and make a statement here to remind everybody that just how good this team it can potentially be. And they can be really good. 
I'm not saying it's a team that deserves to be in the playoff, but they're certainly uh, more formidable of a foe than we saw last week against Minnesota. And again, not to take anything away from Minnesota, but it was clear that Penn State had a lot of errors that they were kind of responsible for themselves. So the, the defense had some lapses. The, the offense had some mistakes, <laughs> to put it at least. And I do think that Sean Clifford playing at home now, uh, I think he's going to be in a more comfortable spot for sure. And I think that that's going to be good to get the confidence back uh, ahead of a big week against Ohio State coming up after this. But Indiana is its own beast too, and they need to be handled appropriately. I do think that the talent prevails here. I think the defensive line really kind of uh, bounces back in a big way create some pressure, maybe forces uh, Ramsey to make a couple error throws. And I think that that's probably going to lead to some turnovers. And I think uh, at some point, this Penn State team is going to probably have the slow start, but I do think that they'll turn things on in the second quarter, go into halftime with a little momentum, come out and take care of business in the third quarter, and kind of salt this game away in the fourth quarter. Much to the chagrin of some people who will probably question the play calling, as Indiana probably makes it closer than the final score would probably indicate but i do think that this is a, a game that penn state will win and i think it's a win that they will have uh, some confidence moving back going to get ready for that ohio state game i think the official prediction for my game is going to be penn state 34 indiana 17 i am on record saying that in the game preview for athlon sports so make sure you check that out i'm posting that on twitter i'm sharing it on the facebook page too so you can go read that as well and check out all the game previews we have for this week I did three game previews for Athlon Sports this week, so make sure you check them all out in addition to the Penn State-Indiana game. Right, coming up in our final segment of the week, I'm going to dig into the mailbag. It's been a while since we've answered some of your viewer questions, listener questions. I'm going to do that. You guys sent some good questions in to me on Twitter, and we'll answer them coming up in our next segment, our final segment of the week. Guys, let me tell you about Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, time for the final segment of today's episode and, of course, the final segment of this week. It's been another fun week talking some Penn State football with you guys, so I want to thank you guys for tuning in as often as you have this week and, of course, throughout the season since we've relaunched the show. Getting some good feedback, and I hope that continues moving forward. But it's been a while since I've answered some of your questions, so I wanted to make sure we set aside some time with a dedicated mailbag section to close out the week. So let's do that. I've got a couple questions that came in my way over on Twitter. First one comes from Brandon, who wants to know, why is Penn State, Ohio State, the biggest game of the year for the conference? Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm trying to caution everybody not to look past Indiana before we look ahead to that Penn State, Ohio State game. But it does stand to reason that that game should absolutely be, if not the biggest game for the Big Ten this year, absolutely one of the top two biggest games of the year. The biggest game could still potentially be the Big Ten championship game. But for where we are right now, if Penn State can take care of their business against Indiana, you're going to get a one-loss Penn State against an undefeated Ohio State in the next-to-last game of the regular season. Absolutely, the Big Ten East division will be determined very likely on that day. So that raises the stakes immensely for one of the last games of the regular season between two teams that would very realistically be in the top 10, maybe even a little bit higher for if Penn State can move up a couple spots. Depends on what happens this weekend, of course. 
But we all know the the implications extend far beyond just the Big Ten uh, division standings. It's got playoff ramification. It's it is a team or a game that could absolutely determine which one of those two teams will still have playoff hopes going into the final game of the regular season. Ohio State certainly feels like they are in a terrific position right now, even if they were to lose to Penn State. But then they would lose out on playing in the Big Ten championship game assuming that all goes well for Penn State against Rutgers, which it should. But I do think that it's going to be interesting because you're talking about potentially having the scenario where two teams from the Big Ten could still get into the college football playoff. Again, you're probably going to need some help at this point for that to happen. But if Penn State were to run the table here, finish the year 12-1 and with the Big Ten championship, including a road win at Ohio State late in the season, and Ohio State rebounds and takes care of Michigan on the road, you're talking about a really good Ohio State team that's still kind of sitting there at 11-1, and kind of hanging around, waiting for that door to open. And if Penn State's 12-1, and they would be in the playoff too. So that would be a real interesting scenario. So I think, obviously, Penn State fans want Penn State to beat Ohio State and Indiana and Rutgers and whoever would potentially be lined up on the field in the Big Ten Championship game. But if you're Ohio State sitting at 11-1, and that could actually be pretty interesting. And that for that reason alone, that regular season matchup between Penn State and Ohio State could be huge for the Big Ten. And not just necessarily if Ohio State wins. Obviously, if Ohio State does beat Penn State, I don't think anyone's going to stop them. And I think that they would absolutely be a, a near lock for the college football playoff. I still am I'm a little interested by that road game in Michigan that they're going to have to play. And again, we'll see what happens in the Big Ten title game. And you think upsets can always happen, but this Ohio State team looks really good. Next question comes from Gavin. He wants to know, would there be any chance of Michigan clinching a New Year's Six Bowl bid if they win their last three games, including an upset victory over Ohio State? And I would say absolutely. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? I, I know they would have the loss to Wisconsin. They would have the loss to Penn State. But they would end the year by beating up one of the top four teams, most likely, let's be honest, teams in the college football playoff. And you're talking about a Michigan team that just needs to get into the top 12 in order to qualify for one of those spots in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Because they're going to take the top 12 teams uh, or the highest ranked group of five team if it's outside the top 12. And once the playoff teams are set, you've got eight other teams that are in the running. And why wouldn't you take Michigan for one of those games if you're talking about a Michigan team that has only lost, what, two games all season? They also have a big win against Notre Dame, big win against Ohio State. That that Michigan team would be going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Now, it wouldn't be going to the Rose Bowl because Rose Bowl is going to be getting the Big Ten champion or actually maybe they would get to the Rose Bowl because if the Big Ten champion is playing in the playoff, all of a sudden the Rose Bowl has to take the a Big Ten team. They would probably take the highest ranked Big Ten team. And there stands a reason that Penn State could slip a couple spots. And if Michigan were to beat Ohio State, I, I certainly feel like Michigan, even though they lost head to head against Penn State, could be in a position where they could move ahead of Penn State. And I know that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows, and I think a lot of people would get upset about that. But yeah, I think uh, even if the Rose Bowl is not in the picture, you're still looking at possible spot opening up in the Orange Bowl. So I think Michigan, if they were to win their last three games of the season, they're absolutely going to play in one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. Hands down. It's not even a question. It's just a matter of which one it would be. Would it be the Rose Bowl? Would it be the Orange Bowl? It'd be one of those two. 
Uh, but Michigan's got to beat Ohio State to be able to make that happen. Uh, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. But yes, if Michigan wins their final games of the season, I think they are a lock to play in one of those New Year's Six Bowl games because they're big brand. Big brands sell tickets. Big brands sell ratings. Michigan's a big brand. One last question in this episode. Who or should the Big Ten, this is from Honest Jay Paterno on Twitter, uh, should the Big Ten disband their divisions? Who is Penn State's alter ego in the other Power Five conferences? All right, well, two questions really. So, okay, so the first question is should the Big Ten disband their divisions? I say yes. Now, I'll be brief with this. I think the division format should be scrapped for all conferences, especially in 14, conferences with 14 teams. And I think you should potentially go to maybe even 10 conference games and play more of your division or your conference opponents. And I would take the top two teams at the end of the year and put them in your conference championship game. I think that's the best way to go about it for the big 10, the sec, the ACC big 12 already kind of does it. I think you can get away with the divisions in the pac 12. I think that that conference is actually set up pretty nicely for divisions. So I wouldn't mess with that one, but certainly in the big 10 ACC and the sec, I would scrap the divisions immediately Go to a full round robin or close to it as much as you possibly can and make sure the rotation between your opponents that you don't get to play every year is a little bit more balanced moving forward. As for Penn State's alter ego in the other Power 5 conferences, that's a great question. If you look at Penn State as a, a storied program that hasn't really had the national championship success in quite some time, a good program that is generally going to be competitive on a regular basis, maybe they go in cycles of their dominance. And I'm, I'm putting dominance in air quotes. Uh, and I think if you're looking for teams in the other conferences that are like that, let's just kind of spit around them. And I, I guess the Big 12, Texas might be the, the most fair comp, uh, compliment there for Penn State because Texas, while they have had that one BCS title, it's been a long time in between runs for national championship kind of glory for the Longhorns. And there's a lot of resources there. And I think Penn State's got a lot of resources. So I think Texas might be your best bet. Oklahoma is Ohio State in the Big 12 right now because they are the gold standard in that conference. Uh, as far as the SEC is concerned, ah, oh man, I, I want to say probably Georgia, actually. I know Georgia's had a couple of really good years the last few years, but Georgia is the team that always seems to stumble on regular basis getting to that next level. And I think that's the, the perfect comparison in the SEC for Penn State because uh, lots of resources, big name brand, but it's been a long time since the 1980s when they were winning national championships. So I think uh, both programs are in some national championship droughts. Obviously, Georgia was in the playoff a couple years ago, so they are kind of ahead of the curve of Penn State. But I look at those two programs and it's almost like looking in a mirror compared with, with where they are in their respective conferences because there's always seemingly somebody better. Somebody else is achieving the national championship glory. For Penn State, it's Ohio State. For Georgia, it's been Alabama or so many other teams during that BCS run. Georgia was just the one team that was always really good but couldn't get quite into that SEC BCS dominance the way that the rest of their peers were in that conference. As far as the Pac-12, that's a good question too. I'm not really sure. Maybe Washington Again, another program that kind of goes in cycles, but I feel like Washington hits lower lows than Penn State typically does. So I, I'm not really sure what the best comparison is in the Pac-12. I w wouldn't say UCLA because I feel like UCLA just kind of shoots itself in the foot too many times. And USC uh, certainly is probably 
I don't know. I don't know if USC. I don't know if there is a good comp, uh, comparison uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, but in the ACC, you certainly can't say Clemson right now. Uh, it might be Miami. Again, I feel like Miami has lower lows than Penn State has had for a long time. But those are that's another program that is kind of uh, you know kind of trying to get back to those glory days of uh, success that was experienced decade ago, two decades ago. So I know Penn State and Miami saying they're similar or is seems kind of odd considering the programs, but I think as far as their football pedigree is concerned, that's probably my gut reaction. If I gave it more time to think about this, I could probably come up with some better answers, but I'm just doing this on the fly and that's what I gotta say. So let me know what you guys think. You know, that's a good question. We can throw that out there. Who's Penn State's alter ego in the other power five conferences? Hit us up on Twitter at locked on Nittany and let us know what you think for each of the conferences. And we'll throw this out there on Twitter too and maybe we'll get some reaction to that over the weekend we can revisit this sometime next week it's a good question there all right well that was fun uh, we should do this a little bit more often but I do apologize for taking so long to get into some of these questions but I had some fun and I figured that was a good way to close out this episode so that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day and we will be back Ready to go for a big week next week as Penn State gets ready for Ohio State. But first, on Monday's episode, we will recap everything that happens in this Penn State-Indiana game. We'll see if it's another win to get Penn State back on track or if it's another loss where this season quickly spirals out of control. You just never know what's going to happen, and that's why we'll be back on Monday to talk about whatever the case may be. We'll also run through everything that happened elsewhere around the Big Ten and, of course, the other top 25 teams in action. We'll see how the playoff race has shaped up over the course of the weekend leading into the next college football playoff ranking. So, yeah, we've got a pretty big show coming up for you on Monday and, of course, throughout the week. So make sure you're subscribed in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed today. Leave a rating, leave a review. We want to check out your feedback, see what you have to say about the show moving forward. And of course, we want you to be a part of the show next week. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and head on over to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a like and make sure you're ready for a big week on tap, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I want to thank you guys once again for listening throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the season. It's been a blast and we're only going to continue moving forward here and continue to grow the show moving forward. So make sure you're a part of it moving forward as well. I'm Kevin McGuire, a contributor to AthlonSports.com as well as College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. Make sure you follow all the national coverage that we have going on around the world of college football on either of those platforms. And, of course, I check out my game preview for this game, the Penn State-Indiana game, on AthlonSports.com. I share that link with you guys on Twitter. So, with all that said, thank you so much once again. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you Monday. And until then, I will talk to you later.